Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. The strong, the powerful Justin Gray, CEO of LeadMD, the most successful full-service performance consultancy, the principal at Gray Matter Ventures, and a partner at Grayson Organics. He's also a weekly columnist for Inc. Magazine, is here on Money Savage Create. Welcome, Justin. Strength, power, love it. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, yeah. Big, big topics all around. So I'll start with the easiest one, which is the most straightforward, which is my personal life. So I am married. I have a beautiful wife uh, named Jen. We just had our second child uh, a month ago, four weeks ago, uh, which is a girl uh, named Declan. And then I've got a two and a half year old boy named Grayson. So definitely, uh, you know, everything that all the stereotypes in terms of work life balance and you know, making time for people. I, I struggle with all the, the same stuff there. Um, I have been running a digital uh, marketing consultancy, as you mentioned, LeadMD, uh, for a decade now. Over the course of that time, I've sold uh, four other businesses in, in varying different spaces, primarily payments and logistics um, on the software side and the processing side. Um, have a new venture called Grayson uh, Organics, which you mentioned as well, which is our organic hemp farm. It's currently an organic farm, but we're transitioning that into hemp. Uh, with the 2018 farm bill and everything that that's opened the, the door for. Um, and then I try to do some some venture, you know, early stage investing uh, really on the side right now, but I'm hoping to kind of gear that up more in, in 19 and or, or as we round out 19 and 2020 and so on. So that normally keeps my plate pretty full between the, those different ventures. And uh, what was your last item? How, how I how I came to be or the, you know, how, how I was manifested. What, what the meaning of life is now. The, uh, the, the, meaning of life, yeah. the last one is uh, why, why it is that, that, that you're doing all these things. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, and, and, you know, you get the question all the time, like, you know, Hey, if you sold X or, you know, like you weren't able to do this any longer, what would you do? Like, that's like, I kind of do whatever I like doing, you know, whatever I'm interested in. So um, when I, kind of had my big event, which is cashing in uh, a large amount of equity within uh, a company that I got involved with in, in the early stages. I kind of, you know, thought I was going to take some time off. I ended up taking just under two weeks off um, and started, started, you know, uh, forming companies. And they were all uh, areas and, and spaces that I was super interested in and was excited about. And, and I've continued to do so. So um, I think it's really just, you know, am I excited to wake up in the morning and is there a new idea that comes along that I want to be a part of? And, and that's as, about as scientific as my process gets. I like it. Fair enough. So on uh, on your LinkedIn profile, it said, uh, I love what people can become. I wanted to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that was a transformative moment in my life, right? Like, so I, I went to school like a good boy should and graduated with a degree in marketing and got a bunch of jobs that I hated and then <laughs> got uh, an awesome opportunity to, to come on, you know, within a startup, which this was 2006, you know, the, the whole entrepreneurship, or, you know, startup romanticism hadn't really taken root or wasn't a, a big topic at that point. Um, and so I, I kind of, you know, took this leap of faith and kind of felt like, oh, wow, this is this is where everyone's been hiding. This is, you know, it's what I wanted to do. I, I didn't want to be kind of pigeonholed into um, a certain area of the business and go through all this bureaucracy and so on. So it was kind of that springboard moment for me. And I'm looking to provide that same moment for as many people as possible. Oh, I appreciate that. And I also talked about how you're focused on building hyper-focused teams. What does that mean? Yeah, for, for me, the more everyone can have a connection back to things that actually matter, and you say things like that, and it's like, yeah, that seems super straightforward. But the majority of of teams that I've seen and, and you know departments and goals that are set forth are actually focused on something that is, you know, hyper distilled down that people feel like gives them focus, right? Like, hey, drive this metric, and then we'll worry about connecting that to, to B, C, D, and so on and so forth, right? But I, I love the notion of pulling back, you know, uh, providing transparency into what is it that we're really doing? Like, how can you affect that, that, that critical goal or that critical objective? And I find that if you if you do that successfully, which is incredibly hard to do, but if you do it successfully, people become hyper focused around you know meeting that that challenge. They rise to that occasion. I think you know so often we we tend to assume that people are you know not capable of of making the the jump and kind of connecting the dots themselves. And that may very well be the case if you're not hiring right. But I, I, if you really have honed in on the the types of folks that you want to surround yourself with. The types of uh, people that you need to, to amplify teams, I, I, I find that it does work. And we've done that over and over again, uh, certainly at BWD, where, you know, uh, delivery teams, you know, consultants are focused on top line revenue and profitability and creating uh, uh, MRR and ARR revenue types. Uh, and normally you would see them like just focus on billable hours, for, it, for instance, uh, you know, it's a big example within consulting. And, you know, they, they, they've risen to that occasion and, and I think they enjoy that that transparency and it's it's just created a, a ton of focus. So I, I love making goals, you know, hyper transparent and, and creating the focus in, in that manner. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much. So what are you focused on? Do you have daily essentials that you know you need to take care of? Yeah, I've got you know, big tenets of the business that, you know, are the best use of my time. And then the rest of my time goes to where it's most needed, right? Like, I wish I could only focus on on, on the areas that I'm best equipped for. But when you're running a business and, and you're active within that business, like the, the founder tends to kind of, you know, I, I picture like you know, the cartoon where the dams kind of spring leaks and <laughs> you know, pole gum and thumbs and things like that. I mean, that, that, that is largely, you know, a good chunk of, of what happens, right? Like you got to keep things flowing. You got to keep things uh, on the rails. But what I'm really good at and what I, what I get the, the, the best scalable returns from is evangelizing this business. And so like if I'm able to go out to like I just got back from Adobe's uh, worldwide sales conference and the fruit that that will bear from, you know, having conversations with everyone from you know, the, the, the global head of professional services over there to, 
uh, the, the, the frontline sales rep, right? Like just having those conversations, explaining the value of what we do, uh, the results that we're driving for our joint customers together, like that will bear so much fruit. So <clears throat> any anytime I can get out and, and evangelize on the part of lead MD, whether it's thought leadership, whether it's just conversations like that, um, really, you know, it, is a good investment of my time. Um, at the same time, we, you know, we mentioned content creation kind of in the intro. Um, we, you know, digital marketing and kind of where it's at from a maturity standpoint has transformed radically within the last decade. And I'm proud to say that we've been a, a part of, of that message and, and really driving what that evolution should look like. So the more we can get people focused on the right things and asking the right questions, the more of a, of a potential market share that creates for us. So, you know, thought leadership and evangelism is, is uh, you know, our two big focuses of mine. Got it. I appreciate that. And and then to your point of making sure that the entire dam does not come collapsing down yep. and destroy the city below. So, <laughs> so no, yeah. So are, are, are there certain areas that 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 you're responsible for that that you're extremely satisfied with? And are there areas that you, you say, OK, I really need to I really need to, to, to pick it up in these areas? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of my biggest flaws is the fact that I'm never really happy with anything um, from a from a maturity standpoint, right? Like, I'm always looking to see how can we make this better um, in that way. I think we're kind of a perpetual startup, certainly at LeadMD. Um, but there there are areas of the business where the, the constraint is always going to shift, right? Like, is that is that area of the business, you know, is it playing catch up at that point? And I, and I think at, at this point within our kind of growth curve, our maturity. Um, we've we've started taking on different types of projects. We've expanded, you know, where we're focusing. It used to be just, you know, kind of digital marketing campaigning and and system integration and building tech stacks. And now we're really going out and asking big fundamental questions like, you know, do you know who your ideal buyer is? And let's go do these big market research projects to confirm that. And let's inform really the business strategy through marketing, which is normally the exact opposite that would happen. Um, your business strategy would be put together and then you try to figure out how marketing is gonna, you know, enable that. I think we're 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 challenging some some of those norms and that's really exciting. So anytime where that happens, you know, deliver primarily from a staffing perspective, um, it's gonna become a main focus. So right now recruiting and getting, you know, really, really smart people in seats to uh, to scale and, and and deliver the types of work that we want to be delivering, you know, in three to eighteen months uh, is is really where the constraint in our business is, and some of that's location, but a lot of it's just that this talent is not prevalent out there as well. Got it. Are there certain things that that you had to stop doing, walk away from, in order to to continue on your trajectory and to actually get to the places that you really wanted to go? Yeah, I think, you know, everyone talks about tactics and, you know, not getting too far in the weeds. And it, it really is true in that regard. I'm an incredibly pragmatic person. Like, I want to know what is the solution to that. I want to get it in, in motion very quickly and kind of hop in off of myself and, and kind of take the, the bull by the, the, the horns in that respect. And although that may be fulfilling for me, I mean, I know it, I know it's fulfilling for me. Um, it's less fulfilling for the people around you that you're trying to get to step up to the plate and and solve those types of problems. So jumping in, I mean, talking less, uh, you know, letting people understand, you know, or come to the solution themselves. That's a really painful 
exercise for I think most entrepreneurs because they just want to get things done quickly and move on and you know what what's the opportunity cost that we're giving up by letting everyone kind of chew on this for hours or days or weeks or whatever um, but it really does yield huge results so not jumping in and, and solutioning myself is is probably is definitely what I've had to give up but is also just a constant challenge and, and something that I always deal with when did you sort of when did that light bulb come on? It sounds like uh, just through the maturation process, you sort of realize that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you hit a kind of a, the point where the company becomes a real company. You know what I mean? For us, that was probably, you know, 10 employees, you know, to where you really have to get intentional about every motion that you're doing throughout the day. And no longer is it kind of like get everyone in, in a room and have a conversation about something. It's not feasible any longer. So as we've scaled up to, you know, 50 employees now at this point, I think, that 10 employee range was was certainly something where if we want to solve for the if we don't want to have to solve for this every single day we're going to have to create some scalability there and so I, I think that was really the point where not only you know, we had to design roles more intentionally and, and certainly I had to fall in line with that design got it yeah designing roles more intentionally and and you're part of that as well so yeah and, and, and that's a difficult you know again that's a yeah. that's a founder trap right like it's uh, you know do as i say not as i do and i, I think unless you're walking that walk um it's it's you're not going to be giving off the message that, that you want to send and you're not going to be building the culture that you want to build that culture piece is a it I think that we've all been part of a, an, an organization group that's had great culture, and then we've all been part of an organization group that has crappy culture. What, how, how responsible are is each employee to that or for that? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a huge shared responsibility you know, for, for everyone that walks into those doors and says, hey, I want to be a part of this. Um, it has to be I think number one, you have to understand what culture you're trying to to create. And the the great teams that I've been a part of have always been focused around solving, you know, what they feel like is a really important problem. They see their connection to it. They see what solving that problem is going to yield for, you know, the customer, the world, the you know, the market, whatever that you know that that focus is. And they they see that their their personal growth is going to be connected to solving that problem as well. And so. It, you know, even for companies that go out and say, hey, I want to, you know, build the latest widget to solve for this this issue, you know, unless you've made that connection in all those different areas, I think it's really difficult to have um, a, a really strong culture around it. But once you have, everyone bears, you know, a responsibility for that. Like we bear that responsibility, certainly in hiring. And, you know, our number one uh, source for, for new talent is referral. It is, you know, folks that work here or work at a partner company or a customer company and they, they see what we're doing and they want to send their friend over. Um, you have to get really well defined around that profile that you're looking for and, and the traits of those individuals. And then you have to steward it every single day. Um, and that's the most difficult part. Uh, and, and you know, it's all about recognizing if someone is kind of, you know, losing that focus or, you know, and, and understanding how you want to respond to that. You know, not only like, yeah, we want to get you back on track, but the thing that people don't think about in terms of culture is, well, what if that's not solvable? What if, what if you've just you know, grown into a different person or you've got other priorities that have come up in your life? Like, how are you going to respond to those situations, I think, is, is the biggest steward or, or creator of culture uh, out there. Because you can either choose to, to help that person kind of find their next venture 
or you can say, screw you, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're not focused on what we're focused on, get out of here. Um, and you know, these days people are definitely looking to, to, to enter properly and exit properly. And, and I, I think both the employee and the employer bear a super important uh, role in that equation. But I do think it's the employer's role to set the tone uh, for what they want to see. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And it's so so important to, to in, in your words, steward it every day. And that's true of culture and and certainly of, of, of mindset. And that's like the leader of the company and, and the employee and how you want to show up and the, the role that you want to play. How how conscious are you of, of your self-talk? I, I try to be incredibly intentional with everything that I do. But the, the biggest, uh, you know, conflict to recognize there is, you know, if, if we were all 100% self-aware and knew exactly how our actions and words were translating, <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it would be a much better world, but that's never going to happen. So for me, it's it's you know number one, creating the uh, the charge of the, the the teams that I hold very close to me, which are largely my department heads, and giving them the freedom to provide unchecked and un, un, unfiltered feedback, and knowing that that's not going to impact you know our relationship or their their job or their you know like their financial stability and so on. Um, I think you have to create that trust and, 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 you know, demonstrate that that's, that you're true to your word in that regard. So I think feedback loops are, are probably the most important aspect that I would cite there. Um, and we just got done with a, a leadership, um, uh, training session that we did at the end of, of 19 here, all focused on how to provide feedback that other people can hear. Um, cause I think certainly we, we have a culture where feedback is prevalent, but when you're getting negative feedback still, I mean, everyone's first response is to shut down and, and not even hear what's coming next. And so, you know, we put a large uh, degree of focus on just how to best deliver that so someone else can hear it. Um, and then once they've heard it, you know, you can solution together and, and, and actually put that, that feedback into motion. Providing feedback that people can hear. That's a, a very profound statement right there because you can give the greatest piece of feedback, the most valuable thing in the world, but if it bounces right off of them or makes them grind their teeth and, and want to punch you, then it's a total waste of time. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't even know if you can get, you know, everyone says like, oh, I want to be open to feedback, but <laughs> if it's something negative and it's something like truly like, hey, you just said something that was completely wrong, you're your innate response is, is going to be to challenge that or to, well, give me an, give me an example, right? Like I want to know who said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just human nature. And so it's less about like, Oh, so-and-so doesn't take feedback well and more about no one takes negative feedback. Well, like we just don't respond to that really well. So how can we frame this up? So you're going to be able to hear it. And then, you know, over time it does get easier, but I think it's just human nature. Yeah, well, I think hundred. I think hundred percent is human nature, and I know that uh, that's something I'm. I try to your point. You know, we. I think that we all want to be self aware, and we try, but but there are unconscious biases that, that that affect all of us, and and we unless we're accustomed to it, do not want negative feedback because it hurts. It's uncomfortable. How how have you gotten better at that? Yeah, I, I think it's just making feedback a part of your regular routine. Like okay. I've got meetings on the calendar where literally it's like, hey, this is a feedback session. <laughs> like to give me like, you know, hey, these are the important things that as I see them. 
how did I do in those situations? And then tell me like, what, what am I missing? What, what else happened? Um, and I think it's so interesting to get those insights because still oftentimes like what I viewed as something that was just, you know, a, a comment that was made amongst friends and, you know, it really didn't mean a whole bunch. You don't realize how, how powerful words are in those settings, whether you've got new employees there, you've got someone that's new to a role or has something going on in their personal life. They made, they, they, they took what you said differently. And, and, you know, quite frankly, that's, that's the, the pinnacle of success in my mind, which is, you know, are you able to empower the people around you effectively? Um, and if something's standing in the way of that, I want to change it. And so I think just, be, you know, being really intentional um, and, and scheduling those types of, of sessions. Also, like my big thing is I, I prefer the immediacy of feedback, even if that is painful. And, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes it can be not appropriate as well. Like, Hey, wait till the meeting adjourns and, and, you know, lay into me, but, you know, creating that trust that, Hey, no matter what you share with me, it's going to be shared in confidence and I'm not going to blow up around it. Um, I think that's just critical. So, you know, the, the frequency and, and, and the trust element are, are huge there. Yeah. Yeah. Being intentional about it and, having that expectation out there that, hey, we're going to be talking about and you're going to be giving me feedback, I'm going to be giving you feedback, so it's important that you are prepared to do so. Um, mm -hmm. And just how heavy words can be. I mean, your responsibility yep. as the CEO of of all these different organizations and as a husband and a father, I mean, they you need to be so aware. Yeah, and it, it comes. it's a bigger responsibility, right? Yeah. Like when I say something, it has the power to like completely send someone in the wrong direction or the right direction. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I learned early on is like when I tell someone to do something, they, they have a natural tendency to drop everything else and do that. And so I was getting a lot of, well, Justin said, you know, in, in, in the feedback that I was hearing, like, did you know this person like just completely bulldozed like three other people's projects because you told them something? And I shared something like, hey, this would be a great idea. We should check it. You know, we should look into that. So. I think you really have to be conscious of the, you know, the, the ability both for good and bad of, of, you know, language and so on. So that's, that's been one of the big areas that I've had to get better on just in terms of like setting, setting prioritization, setting expectations, setting, you know, the, the understanding that, Hey, if you feel you, you've got the time for this, or if this is a good idea, let's go through the proper channels. Let's make sure that, that everyone's comfortable with it. And then let's execute rather than, kind of creating the, um, you know, the cluster that can become kind of just someone charging out of my office and saying like, oh, we, we, we have to do this thing. We talked about it. Like nothing else matters. That that creates a lot of confusion. Yeah, got it. Well, Justin, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Ah, difference making tips. I, the biggest difference, certainly in my life, and, and I really do coach this in my team as well, is to access and surround yourself with with people that probably you wouldn't naturally get exposure to right like whether that's you know i hate to say networking groups because those are kind of so uh, can be so blase but really intentionally seeking out mentors and trying to get into other circles where people are thinking differently they're you know maybe they're doing the types of things you wish you were doing um you know every single one of uh, my employees at some point I've suggested that they go out and, you know, hey, I really think you should have a conversation with this person or, you know, who's your mentor at this point? If you don't have one, how can we set one of those up? Thinking differently and, and just the, the different mindset that that's brought to my life 
I can say without a doubt is has made the biggest difference for me. Um, if I just would have kind of kept coasting along in the same friend circles and uh, the same environments that that you know I naturally kind of came out of as as a as an adolescent, um, I, I have zero doubt that I would you know I would not be where I am today. Um, and and it's also my my path for continuing to grow as well. Just trying to get access to to different types of people hear what they've got going on and and you know there's there's probably a place for me in, in some of those conversations well that is great stuff that definitely gets a, come on come on and probably more important today than it ever has been so so amen to that well justin thank you so much for coming on where can savage nation learn more about you how can they get involved with you yeah, so you can always check out uh, you know my primary day job over at leadmd.com. Um, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Jay Gray Matter. Um, LinkedIn big for me as well. But um, if you want to strike up a conversation, there's no better way than just good old fashioned email. Jay Gray at leadmd.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Justin your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to leadmd.com. Follow him on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and also shoot him an email, and I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Justin. George, thanks so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Come on.